Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. My name's Philip, and we are so glad that you are joining us today. If it's your first time listening to our podcast, we are so, so glad that you're here, and we hope that you will continue listening to our podcast. Um, we would love for you to subscribe and follow us over on Instagram at InwayBWay. And for those that are joining us again, thank you for being back, and we hope that you will share this podcast with your uh, friends and family. So today we are interviewing Michaela Getz. She is an actress, dancer, writer, educator, and creator born and raised in the beautiful Sunshine State in Cocoa Beach, Florida. She is a graduate of Coastal Carolina University where she received her BFA in acting. And upon graduation, she actually created her own theater company called Boots on the Ground Theater. Now, Specifically in this podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about experiencing God in the unknown chapters, and she has a lot of really great insight on this topic specifically because the current project that her theater company is working on is called Alia, and it's about the persecution of Ukrainian Jews, and it's, it's an absolutely phenomenal project that they're working on right now, and she's going to give you a lot more information that, uh, than I could give you in just a few minutes. But a part of that project was her actually going and spending a significant amount of time in Ukraine with a faith-based organization called Ezra International, collecting stories from these people that they are now going to be uh, turning into a film that they can share with the world. And this is an ongoing project. And without further ado, we would love to welcome Michaela Getz to the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. I'm super stoked. Yeah, here. we are so glad to have you on this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast and that you could carve out some of your quarantine time to to join us today. Yeah, honestly, not too hard to do right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we should go ahead and just jump into the whole thing. And I have a few questions for you that I've laid out, but of course, we don't have to really follow those. We can lead wherever conversation goes. But one of the cool things and one of the reasons we wanted to have you on specifically is me and you kind of started the whole narrow way to Broadway thing back in 2014. And we really thought it would be cool to hear from you about where, where your path has gone. I mean, I am one of your best friends, so I know exactly what's going on in your artistic career and going on with your faith right now. And I really think there's a lot of stuff that people could learn from the journey that you have been on, but to start off, I guess just talk a little about a little bit about how we started Narrow Way to Broadway from your perspective. Okay. So we were in college. We were majoring in theater. And I know that my freshman year of college, I was starting to feel spiritually isolated. I had grown up in a home that was surrounded and just coded in faith and I had been celebrating, so I, my family reads the Torah, and so we'd been reading the Torah every week all together, and we were um, taking the Sabbath together and celebrating the holidays, and then I get to college, and everything starts to fall apart. I forget to do the Sabbath, and I just, I I lose touch with my faith. I'm feeling that happening at my freshman year, and so I thought, okay, okay, I cannot 
suddenly switch my faith from God to theater. <laughs> and I thought there must be some kind of intersection that God put it on my heart to become an artist. So there's no way that the thing that I was destined to do should be pulling me away from my walk with God. And so we came together out of that same kind of like, we need to find a way to blend these two worlds and talk about God through a lens of something that we loved, which was theater. And um, the rest was history. I, I came from it. I love to read. I love research. So to me, I loved finding, we had Broadway themes, duh. So we would start with a musical, like we had Into the Woods. And I remember um, I wrote a entry in Into the Woods that was talking about be careful the tale you tell that is the spell or what we all know this into the woods so the tale you tell that's the spell and I wrote a lot about the frequency of words and vibrations and God speaking the universe into existence and how the tale that he told was literally the spell to create the world and all of a sudden it was just like my mind was being blown at all of the ways that my love for theater and my love yeah, for God could just intersect. wow I mean I remember when we were writing that one too and it was like you, we're learning about we're going to school for storytelling basically and that god is the great storyteller and really coming to the knowledge that we were created by a perfect creator to create and that that's the kind of thing we were getting to do for our career and um or planning on doing for our career and where our paths were sort of leading and i feel like the whole uh, narrow way to broadway blog that we were doing really helped channel those feelings that we were having about the intersection of our faith and the life of a believer. I'll also say that I think there was something in me that wanted to prove to myself and to others that there is a path for people of faith in the arts. Um, and because I know, um, even from like my own home, that there was a lot of fear surrounding my pursuing the arts that maybe that would lead me into this life of <laughs> wild crazy parties and drugs and promiscuity <laughs> and you know like what would those doors open in my mind and I was I was really trying to prove to myself and others that that I don't have to compromise my morals and my beliefs to pursue uh, theater and art fully with my whole heart so there was a little bit of a like rebellious um, like a positive rebellious reason for starting it too because I was setting out to prove something in a lot of ways that I said look like God told stories storytelling theater art is such a natural part of being a person and a person of faith especially we grew up learning our morals from stories whether that was the Torah the, the Bible the parables or into the woods I we're all so learning much. from these stories yeah so 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 much and you've actually kind of gone off to start telling your own stories. Um, we'll be talking about a little bit more of that later and how you're doing that. But sort of on the same train of thought, you took a really cool trip to Ukraine to collect stories. Let's talk a little bit about that. Give us some background on this whole project that you've been working on and, you know, tell us a little more about it. Okay, so... With the same spirit that we created Narrowway to Broadway, we did, we saw a need and we wanted to fill it by creating something. Um, I, I've kept doing that since with lots of different things. I was one of the original founding members of Boots on the Ground Theater. Talk about it all the time. We're a nonprofit storytelling organization. 
And we've done so much. Uh, I've done so much with them. I could talk about it for days, but that's not the point of this podcast. So, but I'll skip to this project. So this was the biggest intersection in practice for me of my my art life and my faith life, although that's all one. It's just my human life. But they really came together in a beautiful way. I traveled in 2018 to Ukraine working with an organization called Ezra International to interview Jewish populations who were trying to immigrate to Israel. Uh, the word for that in Hebrew is aliyah, which means to go up, because there's an idea that when you, you go to Israel, you go back to Jerusalem, that you're ascending to that place. So I, this was a God moment for sure, because I'm sitting after college we had already become a company, Boots on the Ground, and we had just finished another project. And I am back home, and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, what now? <laughs> I, I feel this like huge fire to do something, but I can't figure out what it is. And I had this time to be still. And a, a lot of things, the way, the way God is, a lot of things kind of snowballed and suddenly essentially I find myself flying to Ukraine alone and the rest is history so for a little context um, Ukraine um, the Jewish populations in Ukraine like lots of Eastern Europe have suffered tremendous persecution um, Ukrainian people have suffered and Jewish Ukrainian people have suffered uh, doubly really and now after the Holocaust, their identity was destroyed, essentially. But now in Ukraine, there is a violent conflict in the east of Ukraine, and many people have lost their homes. They've been displaced, and they're trying to immigrate to save their lives. So what's so miraculous about this story is that generations, a few generations ago, Ukrainian people, Jewish Ukrainian people, had to hide their identity to survive, and now they're having to recover their Jewish identity to be able to immigrate to Israel. So the stories I gathered were the process of making Aliyah for those people who have multiple walls up. They have the wall of poverty. Many of them uh, just simply can't afford to immigrate. Um, there's health care issues. I met with multiple people who were literally dying and they needed access to better health care in Israel. There's many who are refugees and so they there's just walls on walls on walls that are stopping them from being able to pursue a life that they've that they dream of essentially and being able to immigrate so that was in a nutshell what I did um but it was a wild time i i it was way in over my head because I took a true leap of faith. I have no regrets at all, but I did land all of a sudden being a twenty one year old, I guess 22, 21 year old, wildly privileged American girl in a war zone. I just landed there. And uh, this was probably the closest I have ever been to God was during that period of time. Yeah. So awesome. Thanks for sharing all that with us. I guess kind of moving forward a little bit with the questions and we'll, and we'll loop back to a few things that you talked about uh, just a few seconds ago, but you know, what was it like uh, working with Ezra International, a, a faith-based organization, as an artist specifically? And what were some of the, the 
amazing aspects of that relationships and maybe what were some of the challenges that you encountered bridging the gap between the artistic um, world and the faith-based nonprofit world? Wow. Well, I'll start with challenges. I think that Ezra International, let me begin by saying I have nothing but respect for the workers of Ezra International. I truly believe they're heroes. They're people, especially in Ukraine, who are working out of their homes, out of their vans, literally rescuing people from war zones. So I I could not speak more highly of them. I think in general, it took some convincing for a faith-based organization to take on an artist. There's been a riff, I think. Uh, There's a chasm that's been created between the world of faith and the world of art. And there's a kind of distrust on both sides. So when I came with this idea of creating a piece of art. And at the time it was very vague. I thought I'll make a play or a movie, a book. I don't know. I'll make some kind of art about this. Everyone was a little skeptical of how this could work. I would say, you know, institutions of faith have a system of outreach that they have been following. And just now they're starting to consider, can the arts come into that system? Would this be more effective at reaching people if the arts were involved? But it takes a while to get people to change their habits. And so I was trying to introduce them to all these new things. And I'm like this wild new gust of wind coming in. Like, what about a TV show and a movie? And they're used to, Ezra International runs um, funded predominantly by speaking at different churches. And that's been their main base. And I was trying to say, wow, we could maybe expand this if we use art to reach these stories to more people. And luckily, they took a leap of faith with me. I had an amazing ally, um, Gary Cristofaro, who's been a family friend for a long time, who really stepped up on my behalf and behalf of the arts all of a sudden, not an artist himself, but said, wow, maybe really Michaela and just art and storytelling and crafting our stories with artists might help our mission. And that's been an ongoing struggle, even in Ukraine, constantly, especially in Ukraine. The workers of Ezra are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Who are you? And I constantly had to explain like how I thought my role as an artist could be useful here for these people who literally have their boots on the ground every single day how to explain to them that what I was doing was not going to be frivolous, but it would be useful and hopefully fruitful for their mission. So it was a, it was, it is a challenge to try to bridge those two worlds together, but it's so worth it. And the benefits, uh, I just think faith-based organizations, um, any of these nonprofit humanitarian aid organizations, which Ezra also falls into, really can create a fabulous relationship with artists that serves both the art and the aid side and the faith side once we come together, once we figure out. And, and, you know, that's so classic because I think that faith and art have been separated because there was some understanding that if they came together, they would be so powerful, right? And that these humanitarian aid efforts in art, imagine what would happen when they come together. And I'm sure that's why they haven't yet is because of the the potential that that will unlock. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and it's, uh, it's so exciting because that's one thing that we're hopefully trying to inspire people to do here through this podcast is, is to create new art that's 
based in faith. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's really, really, really great to hear all that, all that you had to say and shed some light on those two different worlds and working between and, and in both of those worlds at the same time. One other thing that I think about shifting my paradigm about what is a faith-based story at all, um, telling the stories of these people who are suffering in a, in a country, I, in a, in a foreign country, I believe is also a faith-based story. Uh, stories of how people are aiding other people of the good in the world and maybe some of the ugly in the world, putting a lens, because I look at my life through the lens of my infinite blessings, essentially. I am just wildly blessed, and I don't even know why God chose to give, to to make me so lucky that I got to be born into a middle-class family in America. I mean, oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm enormously blessed, and my faith and my blessings have guided my whole life and craft and helped me craft the stories that I tell. And I think stories involve are able to get more people together, like working on Alia with Boots on the Ground. Boots on the Ground is not a faith-based organization, but people of all walks of faith or non-faith can come together to tell a story that I believe God is deeply entrenched in. But whether somebody believes that or not, we can all come together because these are the stories of people helping people. Um, and I think that intersection is wildly powerful too. And that I think artists have been doing that for a while, putting in these, their view, maybe that's based in faith of the world onto these stories. So everybody, regardless of what they believe in, can experience them together. Wow. <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> I don't know how to move on from that, but <laughs> but I guess we're going to move forward and backwards at the same time a little bit now. Um, you talked about landing in Ukraine as this privileged American girl that grew up on the beaches of Florida in her sandals and sunglasses. Um, and, you know, like, what was it like experiencing God in this completely different culture that you virtually knew nothing about until the day that you got there? So this was a really hard time for me in Ukraine. I was there by myself. I had never lived alone. This was a bold move I made. Um, and I think I always find God when I feel like I'm in a situation that I can no longer control, which in fact is every situation, but I have enough things around me normally that I can pretend I'm in control of my own life. But I got to Ukraine and I, the veils were removed and I remembered again that I have, I am in control of nothing and that it is just me and God. And I just have to trust. And so I, I just think it it just reminded me of how much I need to rely on God day to day. Like I would get home and I would be alone and I would be scared. I was scared every single day that I was there. And one of the only things that would push me forward to the next day was the time that I would spend with God because I literally couldn't spend it with anyone else because nobody spoke English. And I would spend this time with God and I would say, God, like, why did you choose me to do this? Like, who am I? Why am I doing this? And I just would hear God back say just like simply to me, like, I did choose you to do this. Like, you don't have to ask why. 
Like, just do it. Like, you're doing it. And I think that was amazing, too, that God didn't have to explain to me why I was placed in the situations that I was placed in or why I was given the opportunity to tell some of these stories because he did. And I never felt like I could be worthy, but it doesn't matter because I had to look at my life through God's eyes and see myself with the potential that apparently God sees me with and embrace my strength that way. Um, I will also say that watching people, I met many people who were truly fighting death. There was one woman who had been given a misdiagnosis in the hospital, and now there were fluids rushing to her brain. It was more complex than that, but that's the understanding that I have. So she's dying, and she has basically a week left to live if she doesn't make it to Israel to get this treatment. It is that down to the wire and dire. And I remember her saying to me that she said, I believe that God heals people. And I believe that when I get to Israel, that I'm going to be able to say that I am healed. And I thought, wow, I have never had my faith tested to that degree that she's within a week of death. And she's looking me in the face, confident, sure. She said, I know that God's going to get me there and take and and he did. He did, and she's alive. And I just, people in crisis are stripped down to their core. And I think many people find their faith at their core in crisis. We're finding that now with this pandemic that we're in, that when you're stripped down to your core, a lot of times that's a fabulous time to, to remember God, to find God. And everybody living in crisis in Ukraine, so many people who have no money, maybe no access to healthcare, who are living in actual war, could look at me and be joyful, truly joyful, because they had so much faith and they had so much hope. And it just reminded me the power of believing in something that could change your life, like a situation that looks so desperate. I believe that her faith is the reason she was able to make it to Israel, because she believed that she was going to live, and so she did. And that was an amazing reminder to me because now I have these little challenges in my life. And I think, oh, well, if God could handle that, why can't he handle this small little challenge I'm experiencing? Why don't I just believe it so it will be done and accept that God has already done these things for me in my life and that I just have to trust them and keep walking that path? I think I've I embraced a lot of blind <laughs> trust in my faith that I could just feel God like wind at my back that I didn't know where I was going or why I was doing it but I was just going to let it drive me forward yeah I love I love all that I mean it's really really powerful I mean hearing what you hearing what you have to say about what happens when you move into the unknown the things that God hasn't made clear for you God's always making things clear for us but so many times we have to take that step of faith and we truly experience the best that God has for us and, and the plans that he has for our life when we step into those those periods of unknown and what ifs. And I mean, it, it's clear that uh, he grew you in one of those periods, the woman that you talked about and her faith in that period. Um, it's just very clear and, and evident of the growth that he has uh, and the change that he can have in our lives when we step into those periods. Yeah. 
where we're not really, really sure what's going to happen. And while you're talking about that, one verse specifically came to my mind that I looked up. Um, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, and this is from the New International Version. It's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. I will say, too, that this was a battle with God into this kind of faith. And I constantly I, I just don't want it to sound easy or like I'm not still struggling with it, because I would say that. I have a personality like many of the people in the Bible where I go back to God, I'm like, God, but why? You know, I, I'm, I'm just not an easy, an easy daughter of God. <laughs> I, I think I fight back, um, frequently. And I did the whole time. Like I said, like constantly God would be saying things to me and he's like, this is what it is. And I'd be like, but why is this what it is? Like, why am I doing? And I, I just want to be clear that I, um, during that time, it was a refining by fire in a lot of ways. There were so many nights that I would just sit and, and struggle with God about why people have to live like this or why I have to see people living like this or, or just like, why are things the way they are? I, that's what I would constantly be struggling with. And still through all that struggle, I could feel God around me like a blanket keeping me safe. And there are some moments that were just truly miraculous that I made it through. I, I think God was everywhere. I, th I see God in everything. And I started to really see God in everything in Ukraine. I, I look at uh, uh, truly the wind blowing and pulling leaves off the tree. And now I'm about to cry because there's God doing that. The other day I was sitting outside with my dog and my dog looked hot and I thought God would be really good if there was wind and then wind came. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I thought, okay, God, thank you for loving my dog. <laughs> thank you for everything. But it was a struggle to, to give thanks to God for all these things because I constantly battle, constantly battle with God. <laughs> And it's a constant fight, you know, it's something we will never, it, it's our human nature. It's, it's what we chose. And, um, you know, but even when I, even when I did that, he still protected me. I think I was just such a brat and sometimes I am and God still, there were moments I know this was God, like I was getting mugged and the person looking, just looked right at me and just stopped, just stopped. And I thought, what in the world? Like, that was God. <laughs> and even then, the next day, I'd be like, but God, like, what are you doing for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that experience. Now, tell us a little bit what you're doing with these stories that you have collected from Ukraine and the Alia project. So much. So to begin with, I talk about it a lot. Um, and every time it feels brand new. We turned with Boots on the Ground. We already produced and distributed a short film that was the retelling of one specific woman's story who was a refugee um, from the Donbass region. So we produced that film and distributed it. So that was our first step. But this is an ongoing project. Boots on the Ground has committed to these stories for 
an indefinite amount of time, which is the innate power of these stories. I would say that a group of people of all walks of life, of all faith backgrounds said, yes, I will commit my time to this indefinitely because I believe in their power. I mean, that's God too, but it's ongoing. Um, so we're currently, uh, we're about to announce another big step in the process um, coming up that will get released starting sometime this summer. But we've been doing speaking engagements, audio podcasts, presentations, this short film, and there's another big component coming up. But I don't see these stories. Oh, I also I wrote for the Center for Civilians in Conflicts for their um, Ukraine journal. I've been a guest writer on multiple different journals and things like that. And I just think this will just, it won't stop. It'll just keep going. These stories will keep being told and they'll be told in all kinds of different artistic ways, which is amazing, which is amazing. And there's more to come and shameless plug, just follow Boots on the Ground Theater on Facebook if you're super interested. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Like if people want to find out more about the Aliyah film specifically um, and what's going on with the Boots on the Ground Theater organization, where can they go to find that information? So Facebook, Boots on the Ground Theater, uh, we're artsy and we spell it with an E-R and not an R-E. So Boots on the Ground Theater with an E-R. Our website is B-O-T-G-Theater-E-R.org. So you can check us out there. Um, and then if you contact us, if you're trying to get a hold of me, um, if you put in a contact to that website, you'll be able to get a hold of me that way too. So shameless plug, always. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. I've been fortunate enough to have seen the short film already, and it's so great and so powerful, and to have heard a lot of these stories from you specifically. And it's so exciting that you're going to get to share all of this stuff and really shed some light on a situation that not many people in the world know is even happening right now. Before we go, I have one more question for you. Is there something God is teaching you right now in your life that you'd like to share with us? For sure. <laughs> um I think right now, if I had to narrow it down, God is teaching me stillness right now. What I mean by that is I base my identity and my productivity. And recently, the circumstances of this pandemic, but also God has picked me up and held me in one place and told me to rest and told me to stop. And it has really challenged my identity as a person. And I think God is trying to say, Michaela, maybe you've wrapped your identity in something that is fickle. If something like a a virus can take my identity, it was never my identity. And God is reminding me that in these moments of stillness, that that's me, that's who I am, that is my essence, and that that cannot be taken away from me, that I cannot lose myself because I'm connected to something that is way beyond this world. So no matter what happens, there is no chance that the soul, like the the deepest part of me can be taken, I no matter what. And God is reminding me of that because I had started to sell my soul short. I had started to sell my soul short by thinking that the core of me was in in the things that I was doing. Even the wonderful things that I believe God's put on my heart to do, that is not the 
entirety of who I am. That is not the entirety of my spiritual life and my connection to God. And that no matter how many fabulous good things I'm doing, I have to learn to be still and to be reminded that no matter what, if I do nothing else, that I'm a child of God and nobody can take that. And that I have something inside of me that doesn't require me to be moving and completing things and doing things that's already been done. And I just have to accept and embrace all the blessings of my life. That is so good. And I, I think that's something that God is teaching so many of us right now. So, you know, you did a great job of really putting into, into words what I think a lot of people are experiencing right now. So thanks so much for for sharing that with us and everything that you shared today. Thank you so much for being a storyteller and a wonderful person, an advocate for the arts and for people that that are, are struggling in the world. But thank you most of all for being a voice for our Lord in the arts community and for standing so strong for your faith and the things that you believe in. And uh, we hope that what you've talked about today maybe inspired some of our listeners today. So again, thanks so much for for everything you had to share today. And we're so glad that we had you on. Thank you. Can I add something? Absolutely. Just while I have this mic in front of me, I feel like I got to get it all out. Um, I'd wanted to add that I feel inspired by the ways that Narrow Way to Broadway is going to be touching people's lives, whether they are of a particular faith or not. Um, I just feel like I would like to say to your audience that we all can come together as storytellers um, and as people uh, and learn and embrace something in this podcast. I just feel like it's really been put on my heart to say that I, that like you've expressed and like you've said that this, this podcast is going to be for everyone coming together, anyone who's interested in having their spirit uplifted and being reminded of the depth of their storytelling and of their potential and their connection to something greater than who they are and that all artists we already understand that we have this connection to something bigger and what a fabulous place for us to come together and explore that intersection whether coming from the faith side or the art side I just think again I've seen it in action that as I walk through the places that God is driving me like the wind pushing me forward that people of all walks of life can come in together and be pushed by that same force in the same direction to make amazing, beautiful things. And I am so inspired by that. And I'm so inspired by the audience potential that I, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> I, am, I, I am preaching, but I am so inspired by the audience potential that, that this has. Um, and the outreach that this has to uplift people's spirits and remind us of our connection to something even greater than ourselves, no matter what that is. I mean, you put it into words perfectly. <laughs> we should have had you on our first episode when we were talking to people about what this whole thing's going to be. But yep, that's exactly what we're what we're trying to do here. And I totally agree. There's so much that we all can learn from the things that you specifically shared with us today and what our other guests are having to share here on our podcast. But Again, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. We are so glad that we were able to have Michaela with us on the podcast today. 
just wow. She had some absolutely unbelievable insight on what it's like truly experiencing God in the unknown chapters of our life and what happens when we take a leap of faith and go after what God's telling us to do, even though we have no idea why he's telling us to do um, certain things. And you're, you're trying to figure out, well, God, why? This isn't what I feel like I was called to. Why are you why are you doing this? And, and really taking those moments and jumping fully into them. She also had some really, really great insight about what it's like to be a storyteller and an artist and bridging those two things so seamlessly together with one another. Now, before we go today, I want to lead us all in a prayer and just thank God for the unknown periods that we will encounter as artists and believers and to fully trust him in those chapters. Dear Lord, thank you so much for stillness. Thank you so much for bringing us into chapters where we have to trust you with our full selves and really, really give in to the will that you have for our lives and put aside the things and desires that we have for our own life. I pray, God, that you would really, really help us trust you in situations that will come up in our lives where we don't understand your will, but we know that we want to follow your will for your life. Like you say in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for your life, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God, we know the things that you have for us are so much bigger than we are and things that we could even imagine. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Teach us to experience your presence in the stillness and all these things, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.